Welcome to the Remarketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I'm your host for today. The Remarketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and entrepreneurs. The Remarketing Podcast is a podcast that has two purposes. Purpose number one, to educate and inform our audience and our listeners. And purpose number two, Doug, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. We're excited. We have a very special guest. We have Doug Bolton. Doug is a two-time dream car winner, a two-comma club award winner, and a client acquisition coach. His bio reads, Doug went from struggling restaurant server to ClickFunnels dream car winner in his first two months full-time online. After earning over 100000 in affiliate commissions a few months later, he was able to pay off his entire student loan debt in full and present his mother with the student loan payoff notice that she co-signed for him. Now, CEO and founder of the full-time Freedom Academy, Doug is on a mission to simplify client acquisition for online business owners. Doug, I'm excited that you're here. Please, in your own words, tell us how you got here today. Jerome, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, being here with you today, you and I speaking. Your journey. Yeah, yeah. just tell us about your journey yeah. and how you got here, like in your own words, because we write bios and the bios sound like all polished. And <laughs> sometimes it's nice to hear the person's personal story, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. I, I think starting out, I never enjoyed working for people. Uh, it's probably because my grandfather was my first boss. He was a tough one. And we were, uh, in the, he's in the construction field still today, still working. The guy's just a machine. And I remember like throwing rocks off the job site, like go clean up all the rocks, just go do that. And then like, you know, four years of doing this in the summers, going through school, I'm like, when am I gonna get to the power tools? When am I gonna have fun? You know, but like, he made me work for it. Um, but no, I do look back and respect and love that he gave me that opportunity, but it really motivated me, like put me through that. And he basically told me like, don't like, don't ever, you know, work construction. He's, he's very adamant about that. He's like, go be an owner, go do something, go to college. Um, and I was inspired by that. And I think really for me going to college didn't really work out. Like I love that experience. I'll never change what happened there, but, uh, put me in a lot of debt, found out I didn't really want to go out there and get a career, a traditional career. Um, I found uh, a lot of different things that were able to help me pay for school and stay in school besides the student loans. Um, but it was like selling t-shirts to Greek life. And it was like selling my chapter notes to my my, my fellow students in the classes. And I really just love that idea of just making my own income, even going from that, dropping out of college, going door to door, eventually all led down to online marketing. I was doing a lot of offline things door to door. Um, I even got into a song on the phone, pretty much anything I can make my own income, right? Commission-based, um, your audience is, is, knows how that is. Like we get to be in control of what we do. And for me, it was never enough. I was always working commission jobs and even being ranked like sometimes top 10 in the country out of 800 reps nationwide. I'm still not paying my, my student loan debt off fast enough. So I was working restaurant jobs and I really just got intrigued by the online marketing world as I kind of found that. And it was the first time where I didn't have to put in all the hours uh, on the phone and door to door. I could actually go make a living. Uh, using the internet so I, it took about eight years so some people think um like an overnight success oh you quit your job and two months made six figures you know all this stuff but it was eight years of doing the work so like you got i think that people try to get it right away and if you don't put in the work and learn from those experiences and take that knowledge like it's it's gonna be a long road 
but that's kind of really what led me to full time was just putting in the hours, putting in the work and just wanting it really badly. Thank you. So you mentioned like a few things and I want to dive in on those things. So you, you, I think our audience would appreciate your story and you always, you tell that story proudly. Like people don't want to show like their flaws and their weaknesses and different stuff. And you don't have to, but I find that the people that are willing to share their mistakes, people identify with them more. So you have a story and I think you even have the screenshot about when your bank account was like, not great. Could you tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I just wanted to go out there and it was really uncomfortable for me. So here's the transition from when I was full-time on in sales and then also the restaurant business. Um, what really helped me, number one, was just taking what I've learned in that experience of, you know, offline marketing, online marketing, and my experience of working with restaurant owners. It's not that I was passionate about working with restaurant owners, but I knew the lingo. I understood their problems. I knew what they wanted. And I could combine that and build out websites and funnels and get people celebrating their birthdays and anniversaries in the door, right? So like that was something that gave me a means to earn some income by doing done for you services. I got eight clients in that space. Um, once I had that, it was coming in a couple grand a month. Like it wasn't a, a ton, but it was enough for me to quit the restaurant job. No more serving tables, right? I quit my job uh, November 30th, 2018. And I went full time on this. It gave me some leeway to go figure out the online thing while I was getting my done for you clients. Within those two months around Christmas time, holiday season, restaurant owners got busy. I lost several clients. I was chasing checks. It didn't work out. I was negative in the bank throughout Christmas all the way till February of 20, uh, 2019. And yeah, like when I look at who's successful in the space I was in, uh, and essentially what I ended up doing was I love this marketing tool called ClickFunnels. They paid me 40% commission for every account I sign up. At the moment, I only have eight people using the tool. They're my clients, but I love that affiliate commission I'm getting every month. How do I get that to 100 people where that's a five-figure per month passive income and they pay for my car, which ended up happening. But I looked at everyone who had that success. I joined all their communities. I followed their websites and I realized they all had one thing in common. They were building an audience, specifically a Facebook group. And that's really where I got my start. So instead of going to say like a lot of them had like the success, right? I had no results. I'm negative in the bank. I'm like, what if, what if I just posted my goal where I'm at right now and let them just watch me do it. And that's what I did. I post my bank account. It was negative. I showed them my student loan at the time. It was $97,000 of, uh, of interest. It was past due, by the way, if you saw those pictures, I'm like, you know what? This could go two ways. I could completely get like kicked in the face and everyone leaves my group and I have to go back and wait tables or they're going to love it. And I'm grateful that they really were inspired. And, and I think they weren't inspired right away, but they were inspired when they saw me actually go and achieve that goal very quickly. And then they got rallied behind it, right? They wanted to support that. And it was, it was a huge lift for me, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. And I understand now why your audience is so strong. You shared all of those details that most people don't like to share. With yeah. that, um, another story that I really appreciate you sharing is, and you also, like, you talk, like, you help us understand this, right? Like I'm part of your coaching program. You help us understand the importance of video. So you were telling a story about what, like doing your first video and how nerve wracking it was. I'm always telling my students, my clients, my customers, I'm like, look, you got to get on video, get out there and do video. So can you talk to us a little bit about producing that first video and what yeah. that was like? It's so cool to like go back and find that video recently. I just did that and I share it now. Uh, I do virtual events every month. 
And one of the things I make people, I hate to say the word, I make them do it, but I do. I'm like, go and do this thing. The first thing I make everyone do in my virtual event is go live and introduce themselves. If they don't, they can't even participate in the, the contest that we, we make, you know, we make some fun and have some uh, gamification there. Um, but I, I, I post my video because I want them to see like my first time and talk about my experience and that, how uncomfortable it was. And then I show them a video of where I'm at now. And that video is actually filmed in a Facebook group. When I told you I was going around exploring all the dream car winners and the people having success and what I was looking to do, he had a group called um, Current and Future Dream Car Winners. And the goal was to document our journey. You had to go live to join the group. You had to go live once a month to stay in that group. So I have this series of like six videos of on my way to her, uh, hitting the Dream Car Award. So I'm, so I'm so grateful that he made me do that and I have the videos. But yeah, that first time I hit live, I was stumbling. I still do. It's all good. I was just super nervous. And I actually ended up breaking out of hives afterwards. I'm looking at my chest and my neck. And I'm like literally breaking on hives from like the stress. But it was such a good feeling because I did it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go do this every single day in my community. A lot of these other groups, I don't see people doing a lot of live video. And I, I to hold myself accountable, I took a 30-day challenge and I went live every day for 30 days, recapping what I was learning. I wasn't teaching anybody. I'm just like, here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'm doing it. If you like that, you could come along for the journey. But I definitely couldn't do what I'm doing today without video marketing. So I, I think it's go through the pain of being uncomfortable because that pain is nothing when you look back at it compared to the pain you know, I could be in right now if I was still, you know, nothing wrong with waiting tables, but I'm so grateful for the journey I'm, I'm on now. Yeah, uh, one particular stat in our industry, in the real estate industry, 80% of buyers and sellers, they prefer to work with a professional that's using video content. So I always tell people, if you're not using video, you're like not marketing to like 80%. You're missing a huge demographic by just being afraid to use video. Um, video communicates our tonality, our voice. It lets people see us. So I always encourage people to do that. Uh, more specifically about video you so like running your virtual events i was on one of your calls and you were like you know what the people that are actually doing the, the people that are action takers and that have success they've done this and one of those things mm -hmm. that they've done was make the the video so I, I just i hate to beat it but could you talk about that a little bit more like the, is there some psychology behind it like let's talk about that it's such an interesting thing and, and what jerome's referring to is when i started looking at where are our clients coming from for me when i started looking at it they were joining a community number one my, my group number two they were introducing themselves number three is they were consuming some kind of long-form piece of content number four they were leaving a testimonial or a review and uh, even sending us some referrals like pe inviting people to the community so I thought to myself, if those are the people that are joining my community, but it takes a long time, it was taking like a month to up to three months, even longer, sometimes a year for people to do those actions. I started thinking like, how can I get them to do it in a week? And that's where I saw five day challenges coming up and people were doing a lot of that. They weren't doing it in the way that I see that I'm teaching it now. And it's baking those things into actually um, rewarding the behavior we wanna see, which are those five things. So we do our virtual event, and they could come in and it's a paid event and it's not a lot of money, but it's like, I want them to commit financially so they are in it and they're not just gonna sign up for something again and not do it, right? Cause that's hurting their own self-esteem. They're getting more overwhelmed. So 
the first thing we have them do is if they want to participate in the contest, which we give away some really cool things, is you have to introduce yourself. Why? Because I teach people on virtual events. If you can't go live or even record a video of you on there, then how are you how are you going to expect to go do a virtual event? But I think it's so cool to see so many people for the first time doing their first video and how it makes them feel. And you know, just maybe they'll remember that moment and just like me with James, when I went live in his group for the first time, it changed everything for me. Maybe I could do that for them and just get them starting to get uncomfortable. Cause I, I think that's what we need to do every day is just get a little uncomfortable. And if it's putting yourself out on video, we need to do more of that. Thank you for sharing that. I think that um, like I'm going through your challenge. I've run a challenge for some of my audience, but what I see in the future, probably with your consultation for like this audience, they should probably learn uh, challenges and one thing what I really appreciate about the challenge and what I appreciate and what I practice is implementation implementation like it doesn't matter you can sit there all you want but nothing's going to happen to go out there and take action could you talk about implementation and can you talk about how the challenge um, encourages us probably forces us if I'm being honest forces us to take action so we can be better people yeah when you announce a live event I remember the first time I did an event I kept putting it off putting it off I never put it on the calendar and my mentor at the time was like, when's it, when's it going on? Like, just put it on the calendar. That's the commitment. So now first thing we have people do when they work with us is pick a date, pick a topic, pick a name, start running your agendas. And once you have it on the calendar, it's like, it really forces you into action uh, because now it's announced. We don't want to not go put on the event. Right? So I think when people have a breakdown of exactly what they need to do in the right order, it becomes a lot easier to do the actions that are a little bit you know, uncomfortable sometimes. And I think going into it, the mindset that what if no one shows up? What if no one ends up, you know, enrolling or taking me up on the thing that I'm offering them at the end? And just knowing that you're building an asset for your business, you're committing to your word, you're putting it on the calendar and getting it done, you're practicing it and just know that you're going to repeat it. And sometimes you might surprise yourself if you go into it, the like not to say don't set any goals or expectations, but if you go into it with a massive expectation, you're going to get frustrated and not do it again. If you go into the expectation that I'm building an asset for my business, these are videos that I could repurpose. This is a, a course I could create or just do it again. Now it's built, right? So I think that's the win right there. And you'll surprise yourself of how successful it can be when you do it again and again and again. Okay. And so earlier, like during your bio, we talked about like how you made six and seven, seven figures. Uh, a large part of that is because of like Facebook groups. And I always hear people say, Facebook doesn't work. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. Could you talk about um, that? Is that a, is that true? Like what, what's your experience? I believe anyone that's saying anything is dead. Anything that doesn't work is literally just using that to market themselves, which really works sometimes. I think wherever you put your energy into is what's going to grow. You know, I even believe that Facebook pages were dead because that's what people say they're trying to sell groups right and now i say focus on one platform one offer one message to one person and i've really lived by that and you, you that can evolve but it's the people that are selling real estate and then selling insurance and then they got these other i'm selling on etsy and these other you know home goods like that was me for eight years if i think i could have gotten to where i am now a lot faster but I'm grateful that I, you know, I'm grateful for my path and I learned a lot, but if I just focused on one thing sooner and that let it evolve, I think that would have got me to success a lot faster. But as far as 
you know, it's like, what do you want to grow? Don't try to go grow Instagram, Pinterest, the blog, all the face, even Facebook, the Facebook has a page, a group. You got reels on there. Now you got your profile. That's four platforms in one start there. If that's where your people are focus on whatever you focus on is going to grow. Thank you. Uh, so you shorten the client acquisition uh, phase, right? That's mm -hmm. that's the one. That's the thing I really, really appreciate. We got webinars and mark like all this stuff, and you help shorten the acquisition cycle, right? So we, as real estate professionals and investors, agents, we need to shorten that acquisition cycle. Do you have some insight on how we could do that? Yeah. Again, look at your best clients. Something I recently was uh, listening to. Uh, Alex Hermosi just blows my mind and he was on with Tom Bilyeu who sold Quest for a billion dollars and the two of them together just mind-blowing right and I'm listening to them and they're talking about attracting the right audience and sometimes we just want to go help anyone and everybody anyone who's got a home listed that wants to sell it or anyone who uh, wants to buy a home right but if you realize like who are the clients that stick with you and in this case it's a little bit different but like maybe people do list multiple homes over time like who are the clients that are going to stick the longest and you know really get you the the best value which is the highest house sold or whatever it might be um and what do they all have in common and let's start talking to that audience because they have specific problems that are different than the people that buy in their first home or you know maybe you do want to go help first homeowners uh because you or first home buyers because you have a story that relates find the story find the people that you love serving go and shorten that sales cycle by speaking directly to them when you get really focused on the type of um, person that you serve and the problem that you solve number one your marketing is gonna be so much easier because you're not gonna have to go do it all your fulfillment is gonna be easier and I think it's just looking at that uh, once you have all your best customers and clients Write them down, put them in a Google sheet, maybe you have a database. Once you have that, go and categorize them based on the characteristics. Like go and look at what do they have in common? What are their interests? And once you have that, now you can start speaking to those people on, on another level. Find that message and just double down on it. I think that's really the best way. And ask yourself, like, what worked? Did we take them out to lunch? Did we go and meet up? Did we, like, what are the things, what are the steps you do? over the period of um, the time you either got their house listed or you start looking for homes for them. And how can we condense that in a shorter time frame? I know sometimes there's things that are out of contr our control, um, like th their needs and what they're looking for if they're buying a home. But if you could find out what are the big milestones, like I did the five things that took 60, 90 days sometimes for them to do, and how can I force that, um, like manufacture the sales process in a short amount of time. Like how could we do that? And let's just double down. Number one, just getting more focused on who you serve is going to probably save you a lot of time from showing a lot of homes to people that aren't going to buy or looking at homes that people aren't going to sell. And that's that alone will take 80% of the time you're wasting away. Right. And then just focusing on that client that you really want to work with. Thank you. Uh, one of the things that you brought light to, is like, I, and I already understand, but I, sometimes I forget that everybody doesn't know, but marketing, right? Overall marketing, then like conversion rates. So one time you were talking, we were having a call, we were having a session and you talked about the importance of, well, you said you turn away more people, right? More people go away than that comes into your program. And I want you to translate that for the audience. Like we're not going to be able to serve everybody, but the people that we serve will do great. So could you talk about that? 
Yeah, I um, was really attached emotionally to helping people brand new online because that's who I was. And like, I was, maybe it's like, I was looking for someone like me to come along and help me out, right? And this was just recent, six months ago, I made a really tough decision to only work with people at a certain level because number one, I teach virtual events. If someone doesn't even have a clue of what they're going to do online, they don't have an offer that they're selling. They don't have somewhat an of an audience started. It's going to be really difficult for me to help them. And what I was noticing was that I felt like I was pouring more into that person, giving them the whole roadmap and the plan. And nine out of 10 people just weren't doing it. And I'm like, I'm spending so much time on them. And I feel like I care more than they do. And I had to make the decision to say, I'm only going to work with people who are at this certain criteria, our best clients, right? So I looked at what our best clients were, um, what are the characteristics, and we, we came up with that framework. And not that I don't help pick people that are starting out, I still have, I basically gave them, or now give them tools and resources for free. I'm like, hey, just go do this thing. If you figure it out and you do it and you prove you're, you're, you're an action taker, then we could talk, right? But here's what everything you need to do. And now I just focus, uh, number one, um, we're getting better results for clients. As we get better results, we could charge a premium. I could work with less people and the people that are getting results give testimonials. They send referrals. All the good things come out of serving a higher level client that's doing the work. So I would recommend anytime you can help someone with a bigger problem that can invest more to take care of it. They're always going to show up and, and do the work more. So that's kind of what's really helped me is just working with less people. And it's okay. And I don't feel guilty about that anymore because I'm, I'm excited to work with less people that actually want to do the work and get major results. Thank you. So you said nine out of 10 weren't doing the work. Is that fair? Yeah, I would absolutely say it's probably <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Oh, probably. More. Thank you. Yeah. yeah Cause we, we have to understand that sometimes like we, we might want to market to a majority, right? We want to make our marketing go out to the most people possible that we can serve. However, there's going to be attrition or there's going to be where we can't serve all of them. Like in your example, it's only one out of 10, but you're still, you're, you're still doing very well serving that one out of 10. So oh, I just want to emphasize, just yeah. want to emphasize that for the audience. All right, all right. So I want to talk about marketing overall with you. Tell us a common myth about marketing for you. And yeah. Common myth is, about the profession of being an online marketer or about like marketing in general? Let's do a marketer in general, and then maybe yeah. we can go specific to online. Cool. Yeah. Um, being a marketer in general, I think it's people think it's glory and glam and all these like, wow, this person's traveling. And a lot of people don't share the real and raw behind the scenes. And I think it's important to talk about it because this is not for everybody. It really isn't. Some people are just better off working and advancing in their careers. And I think it takes a lot to go in and really, you gotta be passionate about it. You really gotta be excited about to waking up every day to serve the people you serve because it's gonna get tough. Uh, one thing I can say though, is like, when I do have a, a tough day, it's usually like, I look back at it, I'm like, all right, this is actually, probably consider one of my best days four years ago when I was getting yelled at by customers and working seven days a week on doubles. So it's all perspective of work, right? What, what is work? But I know like as people scale, uh, being an online marketer, 
or uh, in any kind of leadership role. You're going to hire a team. You're going to have a lot of clients. You're going to be working. And that can be a lot of pressure for some. But now I use that to motivate me. It's like for me to work for myself, I could just sleep in and do all these things. I could get my own schedule. Yes, but no. Like I now I got clients. I got a team. Like I'm actually more willing to serve and wake up and do the work, not only for myself, but for them. Um, and I'm grateful for that pressure and it's really turned me into a, a better person. So I, I just, I guess the myth is it's, it's not, don't believe everything you see out there, even with the big screenshots and the profit margins. I, I want to like, I saw this show recently, someone's doing, she goes and asks people how much they're making. Um, it's just taboo to ask someone, right? I want to go start asking marketers, what's your revenue? What's your profit? Cause it's taboo. But I think we should talk about it because a lot of people are getting people excited. They're not sharing really what it is behind the scenes. Thank you. If if you could give one piece of advice to a person starting out in marketing, online marketing, what would that advice be? Yeah, I said it a little bit earlier, but pick one thing. Okay. Even if it's something you don't love, pick one thing that helps one type of person and go speak it with one message on one channel. Right, that's it. Focus on that till you hit six, maybe even seven figures. Uh, once you know it's working, you can double down, just do it more consistently. That's how you're gonna get the seven figures, right? So six figures is just selling something to someone over an extended period of time, and then doing it consistently is gonna get you to seven. And I think that's my best advice is to go through it, even if it's something you know, like you're not passionate about. Like I was selling a credit repair workbook and uh, running a webinar too, and I was gonna start selling a course on it. I was not the expert, I was just documenting what I was doing. You don't have to be passionate about it. Go find one thing that you know about um, and go teach it. And don't even like how to, it's how I, here's how I'm doing this. You're gonna get people interested. And I say, focus on that and don't get dis you know distracted, stay focused. Cause then you're gonna learn that the passion thing will show up next. The next thing will come to you when you just stay focused and consistent on one thing. Thank you. So I meant to ask this a little bit earlier, but your brand full time to freedom. Could you tell us what that means? Yeah. And uh, where it came from? Yeah. Yeah. Full time freedom. So uh, it's kind of like the story I just told you guys, like I evolved from helping rest, like doing the credit thing when I was, I was doing that Ian click funnels and serving restaurant owners. And someone told me that same piece of advice. And he said, if you have multiple ideas, choose one. Which one could you talk about all day long and not get bored of? I said, I love marketing and ClickFunnels, so I chose that path. And that led to me to helping restaurant owners to get out of my job. And then I focused more on the marketing side, affiliate, and that got me to six figures. And then I hit like this next wall, right? And I'm like, my program was called Sales Funnel Mastery. And I went to an event with you know people in the room that were just doing bigger things than I was. And I started comparing, you know how that goes. And I'm like, wow, they all have like real businesses. I'm just over here being an affiliate for another company. And what is sales funnel mastery? Like, I'm not gonna be known for sales funnels. And I got kind of to the next thing that I was waiting for the next thing to come up. And I started really thinking about what I help people do. And I started writing down my values, you know, freedom really came to the top. And it's not about working full time for somebody else. It's about being full time free. And that's not, not working. It's doing something you love doing every single day and building a business around that. And then anything else is getting a team around you who's better at those things that you don't love doing. And you could feel fully free. You have full-time freedom when you're working in a company for yourself, doing the role that you love. Thank you for sharing that. I'm huge on freedom. Sometimes people make it 
oh, you got to be rich and wealthy and all this stuff. Like, I love just my freedom. I'm able to spend time with my kids, my family, my woman, all of that stuff uh, means more to me than a lot of other things. So uh, next, I want to ask you a couple of bonus questions and then we can kind of close out and then we'll do like our second special episode. So first bonus question that I have for you, how can someone bring immediate value to you or your business? How can someone listen to this come give me immediate value? Yes, anybody. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, I think the best gift, if you got anything out of this show and you do watch my content or Jerome's content, you're listening to this is referrals. If you know someone that's running virtual events that could use help with filling that event and picking up the engagement, get people to show up to the event every day, especially multiple day events and want to increase their conversions and really refine who they work with. We could help you do that. We could help you create your signature event and really refine that process. We've done, it must be over a hundred virtual events at this point, 35 day challenges and other multiple day events. So if the thing that's the biggest value as if you want to connect someone with me, I could help. And I think they'd appreciate right. it too. Thank you. So those questions are meant to like stop the star in his track, like make you really think about it. Cause a lot of times when you're out here providing value, people don't ask you those things. They do not. And, um, <laughs> Yeah. So that's the first question. The second question is very similar. So how can someone add long-term value to you or your business? It could be your business or it can just be you overall. Long-term value is, hmm. That's, that's a good one. Long-term yeah, value. Yeah. Because you shared the long-term and that the immediate. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, thing. Um, the thing is we never know what we're doing could evolve to, right? I don't mm -hmm. think I'm gonna be the virtual event guy. I don't think I was gonna be the sales funnel guy, the affiliate guy. I don't think I'm gonna be the virtual event guy. There's something more coming out and it's starting to show up and I know what that looks like, but I think it's, it's come on the journey with me. Let, you know, let's inspire each other. I'd love to see your content. You could see my content. I think when I look back at some of my closest friends on the online space, we've been watching each other come up for the last, you know, three or four years. And it's so cool to meet in person and I would say long-term value, come shake my hand at an event if we get the opportunity to meet. I know Jerome and I got the chance to meet at Funnel Hacking Live and many more to come. So I think that's really why I do what I do is to, to build connections. So I think that's the uh, long-term value. Thanks. I appreciate that. That was a good answer off the cuff, organic. Uh, <laughs> I got one more. Let me see. Um, how can listeners find out more about you online? Where can they go or how can they get in touch with you? So Doug Bowton on social media, um, mostly I'm big on Facebook. I, I took that advice when I was given to it, one platform, one message, one offer, and I still am there. I am starting to branch out now that I have a team. I'm on um, Instagram at Doug Matthew and uh, TikTok as well, Doug Bowton. So I think come and follow me on social media. That'd be uh, probably the best place to find me. All right. And so podcast, they'll close down. Like, let's leave us with a closing statement. But I have... Uh... I had this one guest, her name's Dewan, and she's like famous for short selling in the real estate space. And she was like, I don't let people do full statements. I give them chance, one word. So I've taken mm -hmm. her framework and I give people one word. If you could close outside with one word, no explanation, what would that word be? Implement. Implement. I like it. I like it because that's, that's probably my favorite word, implement. And uh, so tell us why you pick implement now that you... It's just all about taking action. We can consume. Listen, I 
love education. I've spent a quarter million dollars on online education, you know, a hundred thousand plus on my actual, you know, college education that never was even finished. That's, you know, we talked about that a little bit earlier, but um, I like to buy courses, but I implement my courses. Uh, the books I read, the podcasts I listen to, I just listen to the same podcast every day this week. In fact, like the first few times I'm just digesting it, the third or fourth time I'm taking notes on it while I'm just in between my workouts and putting my notes on my phone. And then I teach it and it really helps me retain it and implement it for myself. So I think it's just, there's nothing better that we can do besides learning. I think when I look at people that started when I started and go to all the events, I still see them. They're still in the same place they were. The only difference is they never implemented anything. They continue to learn. They're not implementing. Thank you for sharing that, Doug. So uh, I'm going to close us out and then we're going to do our next special episode. So thank you so much, Doug. I appreciate yeah, you. Appreciate you. Absolutely.